This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. Welcome to episode 117 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a technology coach in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. And just as a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. No, they don't. And if you're in a hurry, you might want to get a cafe. You might want to get an espresso, um, which is what we call that wonderful, wonderful coffee drink. Um, But in Italy, people don't call it an espresso. They just call it a coffee. So in Italy, if you want one, just ask for a cafe. You'll get what you want. Okay, our guest today is Stephanie Rothstein, who wants to talk to us. So we want to talk to you too, Stephanie. Please tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. So happy to be here. My name, as you said, is Stephanie Rothstein, and I am an ed tech consultant. I do public speaking. I'm a Google certified innovator and trainer. Um, And my job currently is that I serve as the TOSA teacher on special assignment but specializing in educational technology um, for my district here in Los Gatos, Saratoga Union High School District. And so that's a high school district. I am on the Los Gatos campus because I also chair the design-based learning pathway that is there called LEAD, and I teach the English classes in it. So half of my time is spent in the classroom, a little less than that, um, and then about 60% out supporting teachers, um, as well as doing all of my Google lovely stuff. Uh, I am the one of the global GEG leaders, and I also am the GEG leader for NorCal. I co-chair that, um, which is lovely to have a partner in crime on that one with Vanessa, and I love that. Oh, that's exciting, and sound like you're really, really busy, but you still have time for the Can We Talk platform, which is based on a True Colors survey. So what is the True Colors survey? So the True Colors survey, if any of you are familiar out there with personality assessments, it is a personality assessment. And I am someone who has done and used them all in my almost 20 years in education. Uh, and even prior to that. So I'm on year 18 of teaching. And I started from the very start, I learned about personality assessments in college. So the True Colors personality assessment is similar, I would say. It's kind of an offshoot of the Myers-Briggs, but it's a little simpler. So I always love that it is something that can really be utilized both with students and with staff. I use it with parents, Um, but it categorizes personalities into four different color groups. So you're either a gold, a green, a blue, or an orange. Um, And based on those, it both has learning styles, personality types, um, and it helps me as an instructor to know how to approach, how to give feedback, how to have conversation, and how to help my students work together, how to work with staff, how to help parents work with their their children too. So it's been um, a wonderful outlet um, and a way to begin really having conversations 
uh, with my staff and with my students and with any sort of team. Well, that sounds fascinating. So now that we understand how it works, how have you used it in the classroom? Do you administer it to the students? Just how, how does it work? So the one of the changes that happened this year, when I was in the classroom, physically in the classroom, I would give it out. Like you can look it up, uh, the True Color survey, um, and it's a Ketterman survey from 1972. Um, and so I had this paper survey and students would literally add up their scores on this paper survey. And when we moved to remote, I finally said, okay, I have to figure out a way to digitize this survey. I can no longer be living in this paper world of the survey. Everything else in my life is digital. So luckily I had some awesome friends and Luis Pertuz, who is uh, an amazing uh, GEG leader and co-founder with me with Global, said he could help me with that. So we worked together, he digitized that, um, and it be, now it's an automated form. So my students fill out the form and then they get back their survey results and a little bit of a certificate saying, you are a gold or a green or an orange or a blue. So I, I have them take that the first week of school and then I use those survey results. I don't tell them what it means. And then when they come to class the next day, we review it. And then I base their first groups on it. And I talk about the importance of a balanced team and how to value all the team members. And then they use that time to learn about the other people in the group. They talk about their strengths based on their personality trait and color. Um, they create slides that showcase themselves and I have those as options for people like they can have a green water bottle or a, a blue notebook or a phone case so they pick something and they decorate it with stickers and they put their digital stickers and they put their picture on the slide um, and those become a way to share out and have us learn about one another but I think the difference in my classroom is a lot of these things get used just at the beginning of the year and for me, that really loses the reason to use it. So it is something that I use each and every time I build groups. It's something that I use in the way that I help students learn how to approach one another because we talk about the ways that different color groupings can hear feedback and can be approached and how to receive it and what it means for you personally. And then I use it as opportunities for growth throughout the year um, with challenges that I'll probably talk to in a little bit. So do you typically mix up the colors when you create groups? That's a great question. Yes. So you, um, it is uh, not a good idea to have all of one color grouping together. And sometimes you can't help it. It will happen, but you need to realize that there will be a gap in your team um, because right, golds want to understand kind of order and process, and they will typically know everything that is due and when it is due. Greens are our big picture, our big thinkers. Blues think with their heart, and our oranges typically are a little bit more able to, to be out there. Maybe they're great at that performance or that last minute piece. They have a little bit more charisma. So everyone has a strength. And if we only have people of the same color type with us, it will make for a very boring presentation. No one will get pushed anywhere. And the idea of growth can only happen if you're surrounded by people that I think can push you or challenge you. Uh, and that becomes really difficult if you are surrounded only with like-minded or like working individuals. Well, I agree. And it brings to mind, we didn't really use any kind of survey, but um, we were doing a, a group activity and the teacher had 
placed all of her very strong students together in one group, thinking that they would pull each other up um, and get even higher results. And what happened is they basically argued and fought the whole time because, I mean, again, this was first grade too, so there wasn't a lot of interpersonal tact that had been developed yet. Um, but it was very difficult because those students just couldn't get along. Everybody thought that their way was the right way. So I think the importance of mixing groups cannot be overstated. Um, so what changes did you see when you started using this method of grouping students and understanding their personalities? Well, I'm very strategic about how I group, as I mentioned, I even like I did a whole blog post on it about the way that I map it out and then how to have students even do feedback and reflection in that process. So I think part of it is you have to include both students, parents and staff, whoever is participating in this in a real process of reflection. So if you just do it and you never talk about it and you never give anyone a chance to process their own growth, you're never gonna see it. So that has been, I, I've had to include that in the process. And by doing that, it's then helped me to know where students still are, where are their gaps, where might they need to grow. And part of that reflection is that they reflect on their own growth, they reflect on the strengths of their team and they reflect on areas of growth for themselves and for their teammates. Um, and so they, they really are, that feedback is something that is extremely important. I can't be there at all times with every group. And there are things that happen um, when I'm not there. And I always say to students, those are the moments that tell me who you really are as a person. So it's when I'm not there that those moments need to happen. And so we talk about how do you actually talk to people? How do you approach people through a lens of really coming um, from a place of empathy? And if you truly value them as a teammate, then it means that when you approach them when they haven't done something yet, you don't, you're not mean about it. You approach them saying like, might you need some help with this? I'm noticing that it's not still done. Are you stressed about something? Is there something that I can do to support you? And asking it in a way where it's a question that you really are showing care and empathy to other people. And knowing if a person is needing something that's more like a fixed timeline for something, or do they need you to check in with them and reach out and ask a feeling question? Do they need you to just ask them a question about the project in general? Or do they, they need to laugh with you a little bit? What is it that they would need to help pull them into your team? And I would say that those are the pieces that have really helped to shape and grow my students and me um, and my staff and the parents that I work with as well. Well, and it sounds like it isn't just for classrooms. It's, it's now a global movement, I understand. So can you talk to us a little bit about that, please? Happy to. I was lucky enough um, when I first went to present this. I mean, I've been doing it in my classroom forever. And um, this actually came out of with Global GEG. So that group that I helped co-found um, with some amazing, amazing educators all over the world. When I was working with them, we started to grow and we grew at a pretty rapid rate. And what started to happen was there were, was a little bit of some growing pains, to be honest with you, internally. Like we all got along, things were fine, but everyone approaches situations differently. And as I realized that some people maybe were getting put off by the way that certain people would handle a situation, I said, should I give this um, presentation that I typically do with my class, should I do this as an internal presentation for our team? And when I presented it to the founding group, 
um, Stephanie Howell, one of the other members or co-founders said, why don't you present it on global GEG? And I said, oh, for other people beyond our team? And after doing that, it, began, it became my next innovator project without realizing that it was going to be that. So I presented and then I had a lot of people contacting me about how can I implement this in my school? How can I implement this with my team? What can I do and can you provide some resources? After that, I realized I needed to make something. So I made a web page. I started to digitize all of my resources that I had been using. And then I came up with step-by-step -step processes that would help support people in implementing it in their classrooms and especially being virtual, how to do it. Um, and then it, it provided a platform for me and now I'm getting feedback from classrooms all over the world and staffs all over the world with the way that they're utilizing it in their space. And I think we have the link to the website. Yeah. So we should be able to provide our listeners with all of those resources that you're talking about. So you might get some more comments and questions. So that just seems fascinating. How, how do teachers get started with it if they do want to use it in their classroom? Would they just go to your website? Is there something to copy or? Yes, great question. So on uh, www.canwetalkedu.com, all the resources are there. Um, but when you go to it, um, it depends on what they would like to do. So you can take the survey right there and you can get your own results or your students can. But if you would like to be able to have the analysis of those results yourself, um, there is a way to do that. And that's under the resources link. So if they go under the resources link, I have resources currently in English, Spanish, and Italian. Um, and I also have presentations that have my voice in them. If they are in other languages, it's not my voice. It is wonderful supporters of Can We Talk that have helped from all over the world. Um, but it has my voice in it and it can guide, you can do it in Google Slides, Pear Deck or Nearpod. Um, and it would guide them through how to present that. Um, and then it also has the resources for all the slide decks that I talked about and all of the growth challenges that are in there. So if they would like to do it themselves and have all of the data associated with it, which is super helpful, the first step is to download the actual spreadsheet. And when they download that spreadsheet, it will, digit it will create the form um, and they'll be using um, when they download that sheet, if they go to the resources tab, it has all of the step-by-step -step guides for how to do that. Um, and, then, and then they actually will be getting everything once they download that specific sheet. It will automate the form and then it will link to the certificate and they'll be using Autocrat if they've never used that before. And there's a guide for how to do that as I learned how to use Autocrat in order to do this. So there's a first time for everything. And if I can do it, you can do it. That is great. And I don't know if you heard it, but that was our timer. So this went super fast, but it was fascinating. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? I just want to say thanks for having me most of all. Um, and I really do think that um, if we really want to connect and connect with other people and um, provide a space that is most welcoming to, to both our students, our staff, our parents, our community, then we really have to be able to actually provide a setting where we can talk to one another. And we can't really do that if we're not able to understand and sit and listen and learn from each other. And so I'm hoping that this is a way in for people to really build those connections. 
Thank you. I know I'm, I'm sold. I can't wait to try this out with my staff at a staff meeting coming up. I think it'll be a great thing. So thank you so much for being our guest and to our listeners. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. And our comment question is, after you take the survey, uh, will you share your color with us? And do you think that the analysis of your personality was accurate? So I don't know. I'll have to try it myself and find out. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what color you are. I, I actually did take the survey. So and I was blue. So full of empathy and compassion. I know people who know me are be like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love knowing that about Lisa. I'm a green. I'm a green. So big big question. I'm always asking why over and over and over again. Excellent. So please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do because you're listening, please help others find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And please remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things that they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know of someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks.